guys, they do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. Ah, <laughs> oh, love hot. How adorable. I've never seen that prop before, Doug. Nor had I until about a week ago. I was gifted this thing. Not the kind of thing you see on the Doug Con shelf, you know what I mean? The Very silk cute. pagoda. Warpo I gave love- me this. It came from Harry Anderson's old shop. He had a few things laying around. He brought it over and he's like, Doug, here. I said, where'd you get this? And he said, Harry Anderson. I said, okay, I'll take it. Uh, so it's going to live over here. A little piece of Harry is going to be hanging out. I won't put it there now because I'm not wearing pants, and you might notice, but. No one needs to wear pants. What's up, no, Scotty not, P? I mean, <laughs> What's up, John? Flush it all from the waist up. That's how I do it. Yeah, exactly. And if we see your table starting to rise up at any point, we know why. Because what? <laughs> but excuse me. Worthy of a like and share. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good to see everyone in the chat here. Hey, we're back. Really we're back in business. I I wonder how many people watched our last week's episode. I did a sort of makeshift one in the dressing room. Um, it's still got like 130 views and, you know, whatever downloads. So it should have it had 131. W- we were talking about it before. <laughs> I didn't watch it. <laughs> I saw that you posted that I was busy. I'm like, I'm like Josh did a bonus pod. And yeah, I was like, I gotta yeah. watch that. And then tonight you're like, Doug, did you see the bonus pod? Ah, no. it's all good. You know, it's hard to watch our own podcast back when we're busy doing other stuff. I get it. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're in, but you're in it was company. fun. Yeah, it was fun. Like I, I was telling Doug, basically what happened was, you know, we weren't able to make the, the podcast last week, but I, you know, I love being able to put out something each week. So I had a couple of hours in between each show that I was doing. So I was like, you know, all my camera gear is here. Why don't I just set up a podcast? And I, I wrote a makeshift sign. Um, yeah, I didn't have a proper microphone, but I did have my wireless go, which I recently bought the second version. So I could have two people on the pod at the same time. And then I just ran the audio through this uh, podcast filter. So if you listen to it on Spotify, it sounds even more crisp than this $1,000 microphone. <laughs> you know? It's so strange. So that you know, is good for me because I can go back to like the old days when I used to look forward to watching the, the shindig. You know, now it's just I'm here. So I don't have to like, I just do it to, yeah. to my brain. That's it. Ira asks, uh, is that what you're revealing? <laughs> oh my. The, the magic prop. <laughs> That's funny. Hmm. <clears throat> So we did well, have there um, might be some light exposure, and when I say light exposure, I mean just minimal. <laughs> <laughs> so we did have a. I put up a poll in uh, the Magic Guys Instagram earlier today, and the poll was, "Will Jason make it onto the podcast?" Which is, let me just bring up the the stats right here. Like that. So we had we had forty seven percent say yes and then 53% said no and so for the 53% that said no you are our winners my friends thank you for your patronage yeah well done well done guys now hold on technically this is only a win if because he could still show up he might he might be here in you know a minute we don't know it's not a no show until really the show's over or that's true that's true jason if you're out there Let's, we can we want, say we want halfway point, halfway point. After halfway point, it's like, come on, bro. You didn't even try. 
Okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 20 I minute mean, work. That's a winner. Yeah. But so far, Bob, you are, you are winning that race. We'll see how we okay. go. Yeah. Bees in Japan right now. Everyone's been, uh, most of the guys in here have been keeping up with his vlogs at the same time. The guy's a maniac. He's doing a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Including saying he'll be on the podcast. But anyway. Literally we'll unimaginable. We'll we'll I can't imagine doing what he's doing. I can't fathom. <clears throat> no, no way. Me neither. Me neither. Uh-uh. But we got all the crew here. We uh, we appreciate you guys. So, yeah. So, we, uh, we set this theme. We touched on you know, why Doug teaches magic, uh, like two episodes ago. And then a lot of people are messaging saying it'd be great to hear more about like kind of the difference between teaching magic and just revealing magic. And, um, you know, I guess Doug's in the best seat in the house for that, but I, I guess it's along the lines of like, when is it okay to be teaching? Cause some people are teaching for the sake of, you know, getting views when they don't really know what they're doing and other people are doing it because like Doug, they want, more great magicians. And so... So I've uh, composed a 30-minute discussion of the Silk Pagoda. We'll be exposing great. the inner workings and discussing the presentational theories, as well as the exact secret of this trip. <clears throat> this will allow the viewer to disseminate the information and make an informed decision. So, you got a coffee, if you're smoking a stogie, now's the time to sit back and relax. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, no, I have, set, uh, I do, I mean, uh, I just like it, right? I like, I like sharing <laughs> magic. I've done it my whole life. I did it when I was 16 at the magic shop with 12 mm. guys around a, a, a card table on a Saturday. I did it every Monday night at Bennigan's restaurant for 10 years with 10 to 20 or 30 guys hanging out at the restaurant. You know, and I did it online as at the early beginnings of the internet. You know, I've been sharing magic online my whole life, basically. I'm pretty well experienced to say it's it's okay to share on YouTube if you care about the art. There's the you got to care about the subject matter. Yeah, not and just we can money. Tell you or care. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because if you're doing it for money or views, like you're going to be sadly disappointed in the end because eventually there's only so many things you can teach and you'll get to a point where people don't want to see you unless you're teaching. Um, yeah. You know, if you have no personality and you're just showing up to these videos to reveal a secret and you know, explain how to do it. There's guys doing that. You know, I feel like... I feel Jay Sankey's doing fine just doing that. He's cranking out tricks every week, and you know, of course he's he's pleasing, right? Like I'm not tuning in to see what his latest thing is, but uh, he's doing it, probably making a good living. You know, making these tricks and sharing them on the internet, and then selling some things as the you know backbone of the of the business. Hmm. But he, but he's selling, yeah. But he also sells magic as well, right? So there's a point to it, and he sells. I imagine pretty high quality material. Do you now? Because I don't imagine that at all. I imagine he's just cranking tricks out to sell. And and this is the this is the burden you bear if you choose the lifestyle that that is, is that it's hand in hand with the teaching, you know? <clears throat> yeah. If that's your job, true. you know? True, true. I've considered it being my job. Like if I wanted to go whole hog teacher, make that my job, 
I have a lot of things I could teach. You know, I could go to basic 101 and just like, here's how you do sleight of hand magic from the beginning and do that for two years or three years, probably. It'd kill. Yeah. Just on on triumph alone. But here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. I want to do what I want to do. And sometimes that's going to be having warp at my house. Sometimes I'm going to give away magic books. Sometimes I'm going to teach some classic magic. And guess what? Sometimes I'm going to teach some really advanced crap. And, and, and there'll be other things too, you know? But it's not... I, for me, it's certainly not about exposing magic to get views. It's just sharing the art as I love to share it, as I have my whole life. And now I'm doing it the way most people are doing Everyone's learning on YouTube. We've discussed They're all here. That's it. And that's why they're all here. Because they love how you teach. It's like, um, well, no, it's they're here because the information was disseminated through the last decade. Some really good guys doing it. Some not so good. This battle to protect magic secrecy was lost probably 20 years ago, really. If you really wanted to fight this fight good, you need to fight it a long time ago. The information's all out there. What we need is uh, <clears throat> teachers to guide students towards the way to use this information properly, right? Or maybe even, you know, enhance the teaching process that was not so good 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, when when um, the, what was the, when the Breaking the Magician's Code first came on? Mm-hmm. Boy, that was How- a controversy. Yeah, what was like the rage in the community at the time? Were they just like it was fierce? <laughs> was How old like, are you? Do you recall this happening at all? Yeah, I, I remember before your time, huh? Well, I do remember watching it on TV as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, just on normal TV at home. Uh, yeah, before... well, there were so many of them. There yeah. was like how many ten episodes of this trash? Right, and that right. that was trash. That's pure exposure for for money. Mm-hmm. They tried to fight it with lawsuits. They had magicians, uh, organizations band together and tried to stop this guy, but they didn't do it. I think um, I remember because the Magic Cafe was around back then, if I'm correct. Yeah. I think I remember looking back. I, I remember finding a very old thread of when it fir- must have first came on. And, and the first post was like, Breaking the magician's code. All right, where do we find this guy? You know, like, what's the plan? How do we take him out? You know, <laughs> like, it just must have been. It, well, then that didn't happen for a long time. Eventually, they figured it out. But yeah, he was uh, the mystery man. Let me tell you, the layman we're talking about, and I was working tourist magic shops at the time, and the day after that show aired, there was, you know, a lot of people talking about a lot of things they shouldn't have been. Yeah, I mean, people still talk about it to me. They're like, oh, are you really annoyed that the Breaking the Magician's Code came out? What do you say when people ask you that? Well, first I'll say, I I think it's still on Netflix. Like, I think that's on freaking Netflix, which is wild. It's it's an appealing clickbait. Breaking the Magician's Code? Learning the secrets? Yeah. So what I say, and what I still believe is is I say that... um, What's really funny is the public think he's revealing secrets, but what he's really doing is showing really old methods that people used to do things with. And what it's done since then is forced magicians to get better and do things totally differently. So it actually hasn't hurt magicians at all. That's what I say. And that's what I think, because I've never had someone say, I know how you did that because I saw it on the 
Making Magicians Code. This is one of my arguments that I address on YouTube. Um, number one, that the things that I teach are uh, archaic. You know, most of mm. the things I teach are from people that have passed away. Uh, so it's an old classic material, and we should be doing advancements of the things you learn from Doug Kahn. I'm teaching oldies, <laughs> right? But beyond that, I perform not just on the medium where I expose, perform to the tune of hundreds of millions of views, and I get a lot of feedback. And the feedback is not, how did you, is not, I know how you did that because I watched the video. I never mm. hear people say, I know how you did that because I watched your video. You know, I'm not, but more importantly, when I'm live in front of a, hundreds of thousands of people on the street, <clears throat> I know through a lifetime that the exposure on YouTube makes no difference none you know I, I never have anyone make issue with uh even googling a trick during while they're in my presence maybe they do it afterward man i just feel like if you're a good magician it's irrelevant it's true. irrelevant yeah have you That's do, very true. do you have memories of people that would watch your magic and try to deduce something and maybe come back with a YouTube video that says, Oh, I figured it out. Does that happen in your life? Never, never YouTube. But when I have seen someone again, I have had them guess a method that they've come up with in their head of how I must've done it, but not, not finding it online or anything. Um, so like with unlocking someone's phone, for example, they've come back and said, Oh, I know what you did. You must've, like looked at the fingerprints on the screen, the residue and, you know, deduced which ones are being pressed the most or most recently. That's um, interesting. Yeah. And I'm like, that's how that's, I did it. <laughs> yeah, but here, you know, yeah. but here's the thing too, when the spectator figures out a method, your game's over because they have a method. So, you know, that's right. our, our yeah. real job is to dissuade the method. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so right now in, in my shows, I'm doing the, um, the Rubik's cube where the spectator <clears throat> solves it behind their own back, right? So they have the love that cube man. We've talked about that mode. I love it. I love it too. And and for a while, people used to come up and say, "Ah, um, can I have a look at that Rubik's cube?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And I take it out of my case, and they and it would keep happening. I was like, "Ah, oh, they must think they'd be looking for like a button on it or something that would change it." So then I started giving the cube away and then that stops that happening because people now realize if he's giving that away, it must be nothing wrong with it. Um, but even still, when I was doing these shows, which we can talk about at some point uh, at QPAC, one group came up to me and they're like, so <clears throat> as soon as the woman brings it out and it's solved, I make a point of saying, and I'll never touch that cube again. That is yours to keep. You know, let's give her another round of applause. But one family was still like, we have one theory on how she solved it. And we think there's a button on the cube. And I was like, okay, but let me ask you, if you think there's a button on the cube, do you think I would have let her keep it? And if so, like you could track it down and check it. And, they, and then maybe they forgot I'd done that because then they were like, hmm. Okay, so you're saying it's a normal cube. I'm like, yeah. I'm just saying I have trick hands. <laughs> you know? Anyway, it's a it's a funny thing. Bob you was should asking tell him to YouTube it and find the real secret. You know, you could find the secret on YouTube if you had half a brain. That's true. looking up here. 
the library of the internet. Bob was asking, so when the Magician's Code came out, did that actually increase the amount of magic people bought? <laughs> Curious if you know. I wonder, did that generate more interest in magic or mm. did it not? That's what I'm wondering, yeah. Because did he not bring out a magic kit after that aired? Like, Look, I remember things pretty well. I don't remember that happening. It wouldn't surprise me since he had network television, you know, on his yeah. side. That's an easy so, sell, I guess, if you're the mass magician and you just stick the magic kit on, you know, the show. Yeah, probably. Well, if you be, yeah, if you've spent 10 episodes <clears throat> revealing magic, teaching magic, well, apparently, to the layman, it would make sense to bring out your own kit. Well, out. The reason I say that is I remember him going on air and then stuffing up a card trick, like a self-working card trick. And I'm pretty sure that was because he was promoting the magic kit he sells. <clears throat> yeah, and right. he messed it up on live TV. And I remember the magicians grilling him and finding it hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then that uh, film. Yeah. It's funny stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... I do think his first special did hurt, like, you know, a lot of guys. There's like a lot of cruise ship workers back in the 90s doing boxes, you know, zigzaggers. And, you know, there's probably 20 zigzags floating on the ocean that overnight were like, uh-oh. <laughs> Damn. What you about know? Copperfield? Because he was, he was revealing, like, walking through a wall, I'm pretty sure. He, like, did the egg. He, like... Showed how he pushes an egg through a wall, and then he showed like yeah. how a shadow can go through a wall. Yeah. Dave, Dave's up here laughing at him. He's looking down, going, "Look at this idiot!" Don't care yeah, about true. that. True, very true. The only the only one effect I think he revealed that would you know stops me from wanting to do it was the uh, was the bottle lid through bottle because that was an actual you know, method effect that was out oh, there. Oh, yeah. That's the only one. Because I remember purchasing that method, and I was like, oh, damn, that's the well, exact that is, thing. That is levitation, which uses a little bit of forklift. Step one, get a forklift, drive it in the stage, put it backstage. <laughs> was this the street magic one? And he's, like, explaining how you make it look like a crowd's watching you levitate. Uh, anyway, little did he know you could just use sponge bunnies and get a way crazy reaction. Right, Doug? Idiot. The best trick in the world. Yeah, that's right. Oh boy. So our buddy Mika, if any, if anyone doesn't know, is currently working the, the Mayho magic bar. He got this gig where for two weeks he's doing like mo I want to say it's like three to four shows a day. Um, of this, I think it might be more shows, but yeah, That's he's exciting. having the time of his life right now. Is it a magic bar or did he just weasel his way in there or both? It's a, it's a touring experience. So it's, it's oh. actually, it, it's a bar that's made from shipping containers. And when I you go know. in, it's like a Japanese magic bar setup. Um, most of the entertainers there are Japanese, <clears throat> um, but then you've got Mika as well. It's and currently it, in Sydney then, this this thing? It's it's currently in, it's about an hour away from Sydney right now, I believe. Right. 
So no. they were at the Adelaide Fringe, and I think Mika helped out for a few nights. And then, yeah, they've been in Brisbane. They've been, yeah, so they kind of tour. They tour around to where the different festivals are happening and that sort of thing. I love it. And they travel and... with shipping containers as a theater. I think I saw him doing shows <clears throat> with a circus show in one of these. Yeah, man, whoa, whoa, I love this idea. Yeah, it's it's really it's a really great idea. So the guys that uh, the lady and uh, gentleman that produce it are proper theater producers. So they they are the real deal. They produce all sorts of other really creative shows, but this particular one is made in a way that it can trap like the actual setting itself can travel. And um, this is the yeah. So this is what it looks like from the outside, Doug. Yeah, baby, that's a good and time, that, right? Yeah, and that thing yeah. uh, travels wherever they go. When well, you show up to a fringe environment with that, you're packing it every time. It's pretty That's small it. in there, right? What do you got? Twenty or thirty seats? I believe so. Yeah. Man, and so... I would love that. I would crush that room. I want one. I want a room <laughs> like that. <laughs> right. Putting it on the list. Is... Going on the vision board. Shipping yeah, for those for those who are watching the video, there's a, just a couple of images going up. But it's so yeah, so it's a it's basically a bar vibe, and you go in, and then magicians are strolling around, and you see each of their different acts, and then they have a few moments where <clears throat> um, someone will jump up on a table and will do more of a stage act, and then it'll go back to roving. Then someone will do another spot where everyone's watching them, and they're doing something visual. Yeah, it's a great it's a great setup. So yeah, Mika is a part of that right now, and um, it's it's awesome to watch him do it because he you know he came from New Zealand to Australia hoping to make it magic full time, and right now he's got like the most full time gig uh, he could be wanting right now. That's great. You know, there's something that comes <laughs> hand in hand with busting your hiney really hard at what you love. You get successful mm. things that happen along the way. Man, he's been working so hard at everything. Deserves every success he gets. Now, I was telling yeah. you before the show, I don't consume any magic content on YouTube. When I do, literally the only one I watch is Mika. Well, I haven't seen the ones where he's at the bar, but he's the guy I watch when I want to sit down and watch a YouTube show. Literally the only one. Like, nice. It's not personal with anything. I just don't, don't consume magic lately, except yeah. for Mika. I want to watch him do his thing. Yeah, well, you know he's doing his three six five vlog right now. So the, yeah, right, you know, love it. He'll definitely have it. <laughs> hey, Nick, welcome to the chat, man. Nick was one of the guys that was was talking to me about how it'd be great to delve into this more. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Nick has a good, a great point on it too. If if you've created it, you have the rights to reveal it. Right. Nick, Nick does a great lecture and teaches some some great stuff, and I'm sure he must get people saying that's so too like, good to teach, or you know. Let's go down is. this rabbit hole a little bit. Like, I agree mm. with that completely, for sure. You create it, you can do whatever you want with it. I made this, I can do whatever the blah, 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 right? So I've had mm. arguments, not our discussions, because I like to call them arguments, but I've had magicians say, Doug, how are you to publish this trick on this place? And I said, well, here's why, here's why, and here's why. And one of those reasons is it's a variant handling. You know, the mm. originator didn't use the OPEC count. The originator didn't use the two for two or four count. I've changed the handling along the way. Now, uh, maybe not the effect, although in this case, it's a very end up finish as well. So 
Is it okay to publish variant handlings? It was okay to publish them in the magic magazines that I grew up with when that was the way to get magic information. Those aren't around anymore. You don't see epilogue or apocalypse or, you know, there might be one or two. Where do you publish unique variants? I'll stop talking now. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Yeah. And what, yeah, what, what do you do if you find a better way to do something? <laughs> that you want to share it? With, uh, so with when I publish a trick, I certainly keep in mind the original handling. And usually what I'm offering is a variation of that that includes personalizations and improvements from a lifetime of handling the trick that I'm talking about. Not publishing the trick just because I want to talk about it for views. I have a reason. And, and I try to go in some detail on the creator. I point the viewer towards the books to read. I encourage the reading. I've heard that I make sales for, you know, the, the, you know, the people out there saying, you're not doing magic any good. Well, I'm selling your tricks. I'm, I'm putting people in your magic shops and you're, you know, they're going to your magic clubs now. Yeah. Cause you think if, if someone learns one really great trick, they're not stopping there. That's actually going to send them down the rabbit hole to learn more. I mean, that's, that's, that's exactly how. Yeah, that's exactly how I got started. I, I was watching Miss Mag A22's videos. And then before you know it, I'm trying to absorb as much magic as I can from wherever I can. Although I must admit, my parents bought me a uh, Chris Angel magic kit, which did have some great magic in it, but I wish it, you know, wasn't Chris Angel's magic kit. <laughs> I kind of like that kit, actually. It was actually good. That, that's how I learned the Haunted deck <clears throat> for the first time ever. And uh, that changed my world. Doing that for my family, and that, that was the first time they'd freaked out from like a non-sleight of hand moment. And uh, that was cool. Yes. All right, Nick's back again. Let's. I like this Nick's thoughts. Like we should have brought Nick on here. Think about it like a song. My Way, written by Paul Unker, sung by Dean Martin, and then Elvis, etc., etc. You should Same bring song. Nick on here every time. Nick's a wonder. I know. I know. <laughs> Same song, but this is how I sing it. Yeah. Yeah. The good points, uh -huh. Nick. The good points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's this the is thing. just us... Uh, Taking all that in. <laughs> yeah, well, we, had, we you know, we have these discussions and then we have to uh, absorb the information and, just, you know, and either grow or say it's not good or whatever. And, and it's important to have these discussions, right? And mm. I would like to have more with people who don't like what I'm doing. And fortunately, when I talk about the people that don't like what I'm doing, it's literally a handful. And I don't think I can even get to four. Like if I had to, so I don't have dozens or 10, I'm chatting like, and I would love to hear from the guys. If there's 10 of you out there, let's talk about it. But you got to let me know, fellas. When just a few of you show up in a public forum and start calling me a thief, it does, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. We can do better than that because I try hard to get it right. And I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know I have the right uh, sound here for it, but I was like, I was, no, that's not it. That's not it. <laughs> Get that elite in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, oh, Tiggy T has the right. Yeah, Tiggy T is true too. Chris Angel was very mainstream, and I'm sure he inspired someone to learn magic. Well, yeah, he did inspire my parents. So with Matt King on the world's greatest magic specials, he exposed magic every time. The national magic audience. <clears throat> Man mm. in the comics. He's the world's greatest living magician. Comedy stand-up, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Bob also says, you're not a thief, you're a con... I own that every day of my life. (laughs) Uh, That's great. That's really great. So aside from that, what else has been happening in in your last week? Your your cats have been taking over. You know, I'm kind of gearing up to do magic works. I've been in product production mode this last week. You know, I'm putting together, you know, things to sell as I hit the road. I got uh, one, I'm doing a con the end of this month, doing two in May. I'm doing one in uh, more down the line. So I'm getting, you know, I'm stuffing packet tricks and putting labels on. And today I was ordering lecture notes and that's my mode right now. Oh, that's great. Also, this I'll talk about this today. I had my grandkids over today, and uh, I had my daughter calls me last night. Hey, Dad, can you watch the kids? Sure, let's go. So we had magic teaching hour with the six-year-old and the nine-year-old, and let me tell you about a six-year-old absorbing <clears throat> magic tricks. Wow, this—they're both girls. This she was crushing it. Oh, I have this because I'm going to do some giveaways with this. But we did nickels and dimes. Like I even want to promote Murphy's line, but this is the one that killed me. This is the the mummy, and with the mummy, you have three different mummies. They're different colors. Will my camera focus? Yeah. So there's three different color mummies. Right on. Yeah. You put one in the box. And then you hide the other two, and the person tells you which mummy's in there. So I tell her the system. I'm like, here's how it works. If it's red, it's this. If it's blue, it's this. If it's yellow, it's this. And I'm like, no way a six-year-old gets this, right? So I put one in. She turns around. It's red. She gets it right on the first time. Okay, man, it's like, let's turn around. Let's do it again. She turns around, and I do the hard one. She goes, it's yellow. I do. The, it's the hard one. She gets it right the second time. Her sister says, here, let me try it. Her sister tries to fake her out, puts nothing in the box. She turns around and she goes, nothing. (laughs) She called her on putting nothing in the box. Wow. So uh, she was also doing the ball and bass and the zigzag card. And uh, it was great to see a six-year-old just have a magic magic session today. Six years old. Love it. Tigger's saying, please tell me you have a video of this. <laughs> um, hold on a second. <clears throat> I have a little clip. Let me grab my phone. It's my second camera. Oh, Doug, I think we've lost your audio now that you've unplugged that. Yeah, we no longer hear you now, Doug. That's okay. I'll just do Doug's voice. So anyway, this is the uh, this is the video of the grandkids, and uh, yeah, it looked real good. And please subscribe and uh, follow. Will this be a substitute momentarily? Yes, yes. Can you hear me just for a second? Sure can. It's not going to focus. Okay, this is this is them doing the mummy. So that's a picture of them. Now hold on a second.
Oh yeah, I can see it. She's Alex. So she's so making yeah. the dimes appear. That's cool. Here's the thing. Th those are great memories. Here's the thing. When I give the kids instructions, part of the instructions are the thing, do the thing, now make the magic happen, right? You have to have something that makes the magic happen. And in that video, I don't know if you could hear up, but she says, <laughs> now close your uh, hand. And Alakazam and Magicaboo and Mecha the Dimes appear. She takes the time to create a moment that makes the magic effect happen. And that just warmed my heart. The six-year-old nailing the methods, <laughs> catching her sister heckling her. And then the nine-year-old with the presentation about my grandkids. And they're girls. I'll, yeah. get my, I'll get my phone back on so my audio <laughs> doesn't suck anymore. Sorry. Thanks, Bob. <clears throat> yeah, that's great. I mean, that, and that's probably better than a, a good portion of magicians when we're first learning is having that actual, the actual magic moment because we just want to shut the box and then go, now open it, and then the coin's there. But we forget that there has to be a moment that uh, makes that happen. I remember when I was teaching on um, – <clears throat> there was a magic camp that I was a part of, and we were teaching kids that had hemiplegia, but the magic acted as therapy, uh, the Amazing Magic Club it was called. And uh, one of the things we would teach is the rubber band jumping from two fingers to the other two fingers. And, uh, yeah, and the main thing of that was we made them come up with their own way to make the magic happen. So whether it was a hand gesture or a sound, um, because obviously when everyone first learns the jumping rubber band, they just want to put it on their fingers and just go whoop, and have it jump. These are, uh, these are all good lessons. Bob, eventually, Bob, you'll learn how to do that trick and you'll learn how to make a magic moment from it and, you know, you'll be killing it. <laughs> Doug, I don't know. Do we still have you back now? Are oh, you going for the, uh, the, uh, the AirPods? We're so technical in this podcast. And also, uh, we're halfway through the podcast. So those who thought Jason wouldn't make it, you are correct now. So... That's a win. I wonder if the uh, if the stat board changed at all since going on air here. Fifty six percent said no. Forty four percent said yes. So you forty four percent. You're very hopeful. Um, well done, guys. Well, we might have lost Doug forever. How are you, how are you sounding there, Doug? I just, oh, gee, with the iPhone audio. <clears throat> when I turn it on, your audio vanishes. Here's what we're going to do. It's going to be the Josh Norbido show for about three minutes, and I'll be right back. How about that? Okay. BRB. All right. All right. Catch you later. Wow. Okay. Look. Wow. Look how big my head is here. I'm For those who are watching this, um, in the last, like, two podcasts ago, when we were live streaming, I switched my lens to this 30 mil lens instead of a 16 mil. So you're seeing, like, you're seeing half as much as you would normally see in the podcast, but I feel like it it um it it actually properly shows the dimensions of your face, um and how it's meant to look because in the sixteen millimeter, not that anyone cares, but it warps your face a little because it's trying to capture so much stuff in this wide um setting. And this might be the most exciting thing for me, um and it's only exciting if you watch this in video form, 
But for the you know the last one hundred and fourteen episodes, there's always been a slight lag, a slight latency between the video of me and the audio of me. So you would always hear me before you'd actually see the camera move. But last week, I bought a new laptop. I bought a HP three hundred and sixty Spectra with a with a one terabyte of memory, and uh, this baby has been so great to use and now my internet connection might be controversial if it's fast enough to handle streaming 1080p on the podcast but there's now no lag between the audio and the video so for me it's like the most exciting thing that i could ever hope for thank you everyone thank you bob says your face looks more normal for sure (laughs) (laughs) that's true and it wasn't that bad but if you've always watched you'd catch it occasionally true i mean i guess yeah unless you see me in any other video format you'd always think it was normal and then probably once you saw this lens you'd be like oh why does this face look weird but this is what i actually look like tim i know i came in late how's the show how did the show go Hey, thanks for asking. We'll get into that now because we haven't really delved into that yet. I'm back. But, uh, hey, back we're back. In. Nice one. Nice yes. one. What did I miss? Just, just in time. Uh, Tim was asking how the uh, showman shows went. So I was like, well, perfect timing. Good topic. Yeah. So it was last week. Um, although I do have, <clears throat> I have to fly to Canberra this weekend to do some more shows with showman, which is just amazing you love but it last you week love that? yeah i love that i've just done the theater shows and now there's another like one are these up. theater shows your dream gigs like are you just tip that you just like living the dream right now with this if i was a little bit richer yes but <laughs> the actual dynamics money? of yeah the actual dynamics of the show are like exactly what you'd want so because i'm doing the i'm doing the acts that i've always wanted to be doing <clears throat> and you've got like the best tech crew for everything you need. You've got cameras streaming the show. And like, then you say to them, if you want it to be tighter on this particular moment, you tell them and they remember it because they log it in there. You have a brain trust you're working with to evolve the show. So it's not all on your shoulders, right? And then, then, then hand in hand, you don't have to <clears throat> do the whole show. You know, you get to just do the powerhouse. That's course. true. That's true. That's very true. It's a dream yeah. gig, really. You know, you do your solid twenty, right? Twenty minutes. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing three acts <clears throat> that split up in the show. All right. And so the way it worked is, we walked in, and these guys are so pro. They we had a whole day of no actual shows. We just we got to bump in all our gear, set up. We did a full production show, but to no audience. Great. Just so that there could be stuff that went wrong, and as the, it should be, yo. We had a we had a producer assigned to us at QPAC who was looking after us for our time there, and they watched so they watched the full rehearsal show, and then at the end we all sat down and she gave us notes on how it will play better in this theater for different things, and you know wait longer oh, while this spotlight's on before it goes off, and just all these little touches that just mm, and made these it. add up. This is not your first rodeo with this show, so you've been doing how many of these, and now it's just getting better every time. Like that's why I, it's 
we, we, yeah, we've been doing Showman for a year now. Like, wow. honestly, not every week, but it's it's a year this month that we first opened in the Gold Coast last year. So, <clears throat> yeah, so that that, that wasn't crazy because every theater we've gone to, it's always been get there, quickly set up, do a, do a, a tech right. check, but then, right. then the audience is here. So we got a whole day just to do all the stuff we needed to. Um, then we had the actual shows and, you know, this is a, a 1500 seat theater and we were selling like really well, like all the floor seats were sold out. Um, it's only the balconies they didn't open up because they, for magic, it's not really appropriate. It's more of a concert hall that we were in. So yeah. the, all, all the floor seats all sold, like, you know, just hearing that energy come to you when, when you're doing magic and people are applauding, it's exactly what you You'd hope for as a young magic boy learning your Svengali you see some of your routines. old girlfriends there and be like, hey, y'all, what's up? <laughs> I saw um, old, like, school friends. Yeah. Like, people who I used to know, and that was cool. Like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, exactly. Um, I think we've talked about how I, I wanted to get this this uh, thing made so it would shoot out a Rubik's Cube to me in my act. Yeah. That, that This is the first show's of showman that i actually got to use that nice and um i'll have to send you a video doug because it's, it's this whole routine now has become i'm trying to get it away from being about the rubik's cubes and more about the interaction between me and the the video of me because so, there's two me's in this act and we talk to each other and we interact with each other and we wow. send stuff to each other through the screen to real life and vice versa wow. and it's very fun so being able to do that with such a large screen was 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 uh, was really cool. Will you cool. keep that? Will you keep this moment, or can you do this in your regular shows? Does this have to be a showman moment, or can this be a Josh Norbido offering moving well, forward? Well, it just yeah. I mean, it just depends where the corporate events are if they have like good screens to be able to, you know, yeah. play what, the videos. What's the screen situation that you're working mm -hmm. with? You know, how are you projecting or, or what's the, when are you using? I mean, currently in Showman, the theaters we play in always have like proper big screens so that if you're doing close-up stuff, you know, the well, audience at the back. So, so it, you're so not it screens... traveling with your own screen for this. No, no, no. no. I, I, what I was there. picturing was you on yeah. the stage interacting with yourself on a smaller screen versus right. the bigger kind of house. Okay. Yeah, I think I think Doug, that'll be the next version. Will will be to get a screen that's like the size of me, mm -hmm. like a vertical screen. Yeah, yeah, and, that's and what to, I was seeing. Yeah, so that that would be awesome eventually. But yeah. at the moment, it's not that. Um, it's just the screen that they have. So, like, I desperately want a streaming solution for whatever show I'm going to be doing. Like, I so want that. Mm. It's got to entail a second person at the very least, I guess, and. And then I, I I don't know where to start to project a quality image onto a screen, you know, in the wild, you know, you show up on location and now you got to put a quality image on a screen. How do you do that? I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what I have started doing is the, the close up routine that, that I think we briefly mentioned last time that people can find on my YouTube of the love story routine I do with, with cards <clears throat> that's streamed live streamed from a camera in the moment to the screen. And I have started doing that at corporate events, just using my M50. 
um, with that's that what I'm HDMI about. cable. So you yeah. you were just using that. Not in Showman, but at the corporate event. Yeah. Yes. So how do you get how um, do you get the video out wirelessly? Uh, currently, I've been asking for them to have a HDMI cable on the stage, and then you get a HDMI to mini HDMI converter, like little extension. You have one. Yeah, that plugs into your camera, and now that will show up on the screen. The only the only thing is. It doesn't give you that clean, what do we call it? The the clean uh, video or whatever that normally people buy buy a um a cam link for. You know what I mean? So um, what I what I do is there's a, a little info button on the M50, and when you press that, you can it eventually turns off all of the things you see on your screen. I have acquainted myself with this button because of recent problems I've had with the EOS webcam utility. I've been using HDMI. Not a keeper for mm. me because it kills after 30 minutes and I don't see a way to extend that yep. on the M50. Do you know a solution to that? Uh, for... HDMI wives? not dying after 30 minutes? Yeah. I mean, the camera will always still stop after 30 minutes. Well, I um, I've been playing around with intervalometers. I thought um, you had mentioned something last week. Does that fix it? No, it, no, it just, it, what that is, is an automatic button that's right. usually used for and photography. That that, yeah. You can have it re-record. But um, the other way is if you were at, at an event, you would actually have your camera running into your laptop through Ecamm, which it'll let it just constantly stream. Yeah. And then you would have your laptop plugged into the system that's going to show it on the projector. Good time. That would be the the long kind of like how we're on the magic guys and this, you know, our cameras don't stop after 30 minutes on here. Right, right. But luckily in my act, you know, that card act is is uh five minutes long. So that's you not a camera issue. guy on you filming it like that when you're doing the card act, are you on the tripod or what? So in showman. <laughs> You'll see it in my vlog too, and or and if you do watch like the first three minutes of the the podcast we put up, I put a little snippet of it. So in Showman, there's a guy with just the most overkill but really awesome camera setup. He's got like a whole scorpion thing going on where he's wearing the stabilizer around his chest. This thing comes from over his head, hangs down, and the camera attaches here, <laughs> and that's yeah. what he's using to. Um, live streaming but other times we just use a tripod and that's fine as well um and he's yeah, hardwired into everything with forks like one of an hdmi cable like you were talking about yeah so if you want to be wireless he uses uh so there's two things you can use one is the hollyland hollyland uh rover i think it's called anyway it's like a thousand bucks that that can connect to the projector and then to your camera wirelessly, it'll talk to itself. That's some proprietary <laughs> thing that doesn't use the internet or Wi-Fi. That, that's correct. Yeah, it, it's got. Yeah, it sends a signal, so it has antennas on both the receiver and the transmitter. You're, you're, you're taking the internet out of the equation. Yeah. Well, this is if you're projecting onto a screen, yeah. like at, yeah. at an event, right? right? Where you're not you're not streaming to people at home. Um. Well, so like I can envision getting my image from the Canon wirelessly, but I never mm. want to rely on that with Wi-Fi, you know, for anything. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I have seen, I yeah, I definitely have seen people streaming online using this Holy Land. So they can have one of their camera angles is just a roving camera that they can have attached to nothing for sure. Yeah, so that, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, so that's the most um, commercially available to us product that's like cheap. Only um, a thousand. Huh? A, I'm gonna get three of them just in case. Exactly, because then the next thing and the the top tiered thing that everyone uses has a has a funny name like a Tetra or I forget the name. Someone in this chat might know. Um, but there's a there's a higher grade version that's like three grand that when it's more responsibility to not stuff it up, people use. But, your but we guy's use the Holy Land, head, right? He's running around with a wire. On a scorpion suit, or is he wireless? No, yeah, scorpion scorpion guy is wireless. Man, I kind of want that suit. Just hearing about it, <laughs> it's like, it sounds really good. Yeah, he's yeah. wireless. He's using the thousand dollar Gilio. He's using the. I think he's using the three thousand dollar. No, of course, because I saw wireless. it. Um, yeah, I saw it. I couldn't quite read the name, so I knew it wasn't the one that I'd been using. <laughs> but this is this is just a little image of. Um, like how big the screen is compared to me on stage. So you've got the camera Whoa, guy. baby. That's a lot yeah, of screen. You've got, you've got the the camera guy. You yeah. can kind of see how the camera is coming over his head. Um, and then you've got- And he looks got, so good. It's so well lit there. Sibol. It's it's the best. Yeah. Having, having the lighting team, it's, it's just, it's so fun, Doug. It's so fun. So yeah, so we got to do four sh shows to like actual audiences when we were there. Um, I was able to set up my camera to record one of the shows so that I've got it for adding into my vlog and for keeping for my own archiving and stuff. That's the, awesome. The actual theater professionally recorded one of the shows for us, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, so between all that, and then we had a, we also had a professional photographer come into one of the shows. So now we've got professional images of the show. It's all happening. But um what yeah, about so at the end of the day, is that on uh, the radar or you discuss, or is there even the availability of that in your country? Like at the theater? Say a casino. We like, can you get a <clears throat> six months at the casino theater, maybe? Something like that. Mm, who knows? Bam. Maybe. The one at the Gold Coast, the Star Casino, is the one that has the theater. Um, and people like Cosentino, like magicians have played there. Um, so, but like right now, Hamilton has the residency at QPAC, like they're there for, you know, the longest run. Yeah. And now that we've done those shows, they definitely will have the option of like offering us a return season if they want or when they want, because it, it did sell really well for them. Um, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. But, at, but at the moment, like Chris and Mike who produced the show, um, who you know originally are from the Naked Magicians? They're kind of treating it like how they ran their Naked Magician machine, where they tour it to all the big theaters in Australia until they've exhausted all of those options, and then you kind of look uh, broader after that. But at the moment, yeah. there's still so many places because um, we've hardly left our own state yeah. currently. Like you know, there's so many options. Yeah. All right, Dash. So Dash Magic, by the way, I I should bring this up. Dash Magic here is one of the tech that was working at QPAC in Showman last week. Mm -hmm. And on, we met, yeah, we met each other and he, 
And he uh, was like, hey, I'm Dash Magic, who comments on the Magic Guys. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> so, you know, a top-tiered uh, tech guy watches the podcast, and he's here now. Thank you, Dash. Um, but, yes, he pointed out. So so I went on. I just went on, Doug, about how, you know, this guy had the $3,000 wireless thing. But in the last show, the camera, live camera did actually drop out for like five seconds in my, oh, in my card, card routine. I see and that is probably the downfall of not having it hardwired with a cable because the signal did drop out. And that, um, it was a weird moment. It dropped out. It's never happened to me before. It, it, all I felt was just darkness. I didn't realize the screen had gone off. I just felt the light change. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's weird. I looked and I realized I'm doing like the coolest move, um, but no one can see it. And I was like, oh. And I looked at Mars, who was on the camera operating, and I was like, and he just looked at me like, mm, like everything's on on my end. And it was a weird moment because I didn't know whether to stop or do I keep going like an idiot, like with no one watching me, <laughs> you know. Um, but luckily, I, <clears throat> I kind of kept going. The screen came back on. I was like, great. Went to do the next move. Screen goes off again. I'm like, Jesus, do I just stop and just, you know, just call it out to the audience. Like, I know that you can't see what's happening here either. Uh, but then it came on a third time, and luckily it stayed on, and I hadn't lost where I was up to in, like, the routine. Is there music um, in the routine? Yes, there is. Yeah, it's very so dependent on what I'm doing. <laughs> yes, but luckily, the only thing I had going for me is because I made this routine, and I've done it, like, a thousand times, I was able to just, like, drop two cards off the deck to know that that'll get me in like the position to do the rest of the routine where I was up to. So that was fine. Yeah, professionalism. But, um, yeah. Oh, Dash has some insight. The first time it happened to us, the first time it happened to us as well was because there was so much RF signal around the room, right? Yeah, that's the aliens, you know, they're coming back. Yeah. So that can that they use the can, RF. Yeah, that can happen. But just one of the things. So at the end of the day, what I will say is like, I have never been so physically tired after doing all those shows. How Even many though it was, was only, it? well, it was only four, like with audiences. Yeah. But like, I had to go and get a, I had, I've never needed a massage in my life. And yeah. I'll only, I usually will go for fun because my, because Sandy loves getting them. Yeah. But this is the first time I was like, babe, I need a massage like yeah. as soon as possible. <laughs> my glutes, my hamstrings some extra are all tired. built up from your hometown show there, right? You know, giving it your all. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, giving that extra push in my backflips yeah. and my card routine. Oh, and, yeah, you're physical too. <laughs> and then loading out and then also vlogging. I'm like vlogging the whole time while right. we're also doing shows. Mm -hmm. That's um, a lot. Yeah. It's a bit. I'm currently editing the vlog right now, and uh, it's going to be a cracker. Now that I have a new laptop, I can actually do more effects in Premiere. <laughs> uh, I can start to use After Effects because this laptop can actually handle yeah, the before, rendering. Uh, of you were on a Mac, right? You were on an old MacBook. So I used to. I used to for this podcast. I would use a Mac, right? But for my editing, I would use what's called a Windows Surface Pro. Yeah. Which was 
a very thin laptop and it's only made for like writing emails and sure doing not the whole the terabyte of video no not at all <laughs> um but now i've now we've changed that so now yeah and so now uh i'm using this new laptop for everything so for the podcast and for editing um the whole night that'll make hours. a huge difference in your life big time sequence you i'd imagine Totally. It, it can just export video so quickly. It doesn't have to think. Yeah. You know, it's great. That'll pay for itself. I, I, that way. Yeah. I recommend it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but you know, so now that the shows are done, I can't believe it, but they were great. And now we get to do it again this weekend. Uh, we're going to be in Canberra, which is in a different state to us. Definitely. It'll definitely be my first time doing magic there. <clears throat> Uh, in Canberra, and I'll report back to that about that next week. But also, quickly before we run out of time, I got to meet uh, Ru- our friend in Magic, Ruben Morland, uh, who Jason had talked about meeting on the on the cruise ships. That uh, people might remember from seeing him do Fism, or for his because um, uh, in Fism he did his uh, manipulation ball manipulation acts and people also recognize him from fool us that's probably where most mainstream people have seen him when he was doing his dice matrix what, what, where what, without... he, he was on like a tannin's magic <clears throat> camp uh movie or something like that he was in one of those movies where they focused on the kids at magic camp ruben was, oh, one was he? unless i'm mistaken i don't think i am the one on disney like that came out recently <sighs> Man. magic camp or like, you if you had older. more than three minutes, I'd start Googling it. But, I, you know, I, yes, I'll, look, I'll, I'll look around a little bit. <laughs> but anyway, he was he was a gentleman. So he he's from New York, but he was in Australia for a while. And um, he does a lot of the Purple Rabbit cruise ship, cruise ship shows that uh, Jason was away for like four months at a time uh, doing a little while back. And uh, yeah, he just came to see the show, and and uh, it was cool to hear his insight on it from just the title, enjoying it. It is Magic Camp. It was released in two thousand and twelve. Well, this oh. is, I guess, Tannen's Magic Camp. Oh, there's Ruben doing the appearing game. You guys will have to go look at the tree. Yeah. Oh my God, Ruben at age sixteen. <laughs> Oh my god! Because Disney remade a Magic Camp that, like, Justin Willman was uh, consulting in and, and stuff. That was like a big deal a couple of years yeah. ago. Here's but that must I be a remake in. of the original. I would. I was in the world's greatest kid magician. This was a movie they filmed in New Orleans, and I was actually juggling in this movie of all things. They brought several lo- the local mm-hmm. magicians in for you know the backup talent. At the magic cast. What? World's greatest kid magician. Kind of a stinker, actually. <laughs> but yeah, go watch well, but... go watch Ruben Morland in the camp. <laughs> magic Holy camp. crap. Yeah, we gotta watch that and we gotta watch Doug's So what once again, what what was your movie called? The, the greatest World's kids magician. Greatest kid magician. Let's see if that title comes up. World's <laughs> greatest kid. It was a made for Disney uh <clears throat> EV, you know, right to right to uh, Disney streaming. Holy! And you're still living off the royalties now, I imagine. 
I got I got a daily fee for that. I didn't get a even a SAG deal. You know, if I'd had lines, cool, but I was just on stage juggling while they were in the Magic Castle conversing per se, you know. <laughs> wow, okay. I'm I'm the one that's lagging here. I gotta get yeah, me, man, I, I gotta got get Disney myself credits. on it. I got Disney yeah. credits. <laughs> well, I, I have a Disney credit, but I just don't have a magic Disney credit. Oh, the yeah. only one I've done is is the Doctor Who spin-off of Canine, which was a Disney show. I'm in that, but I'm not in any magic camps. Well, you're in the recent so Russell Crowe poker vehicle. I still had to watch that one, but it's on my to-do list. Uh, poker face, yeah. I can't. What's funny is only like two months later, there's an actual series that's come out called Poker Face on Netflix as well. Oh, sorry, on Stan, which is over here, the platform that it's on. Uh, but totally different movie. I've watched that not- whole series. It's great. My wife, it's right. It's one of her favorite actresses. Great series. This woman, ah. uh, she can detect lies. What a great premise. And right. she gets, she travels around the country, chased by the mob, and she's solving crimes along the way by t- detecting lies. It's a great series. Really well done. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. I was I know, pleasantly I surprised. I don't, I don't watch a lot of these things, but that was a good one. Ah, all right. Well, it's probably, it sounds better than the movie <laughs> that, that I was in. <laughs> but, There's a reason uh, I haven't no. watched it yet. The reviews are less than enthusiastic. I do yeah. want to see and my I'm friends' a, highlights in the show. Yeah, I'll just send you it. It's really just flashes of me. But also doing... this, I'm a poker nerd, so I'll probably enjoy it a little more than your average nerd, you know, because I do well, like the, poker. So I'll the, probably the like premise... it. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, the premise of it is interesting. So yeah. as a poker player, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like it's got it's a better cool. chance for me. For sure. Yeah. For sure. It's got cards in it. You know, I'm probably going to watch it. That's all I really you know. know. Even if it had one playing card in it, I'll watch the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's- look, it's been great guys chatting. Um, give Jason hell in the comments in his last vlog for not making it on here. Yeah. And uh, we'll report back soon. Stay tuned for my vlog of Showman coming out in the next few days. Um, Anything else to add, Doug? I think that's about it. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys.